Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hope. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors, and this is my YouTube channel and podcast, Helping Other People Evolve. I am so excited to have my new friend, Lucy, on here today. How are you, Lucy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. So you're in Florida, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you guys are buckling down down there right now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll say some prayers for Florida. Everybody say extra prayers for Florida whenever you hear this, even if it's after hurricane season, stay extra prayers for them. So what my mission and vision with hope is, is just to help people that feel like they're struggling by themselves. I feel like in the world today, especially in the last two years, what we've all been through, there's so many people at home and they just feel like they're all alone in their struggles. Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have went through struggles, but fortunately, God seems to put these people in my life that have gotten to a strength. So I am blessed because we share these stories, hoping that maybe you're that, if you're that person at home, not hoping you're that person at home, but if you are that person at home, feeling like you can't get out of bed today, maybe you'll hear Lucy's story. You know, maybe you'll hear Kyle's story. Maybe you'll hear Jason's story and get out of bed that day right? And just walk outside and just take a deep breath and say, if they did it, I can do it. And so that's what this is all about. So I'm super excited. Um, I met Lucy once again, you know, I like to tell you guys how I meet people because God just has a way, you know, I say it's God, whatever you believe, universe, whatever you want to say, but I believe God is a way of putting people in my life. So I've been following Lucy on TikTok and I was following her and I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot her the message and see if she'll be a guest. And, and we worked on it. It took us a little while to get here, but I'm super excited, Lucy, to hear your story. So wherever you want to start with your story, you know, where you're at today, how it all began and let's just talk. All right. Um, I'll bring it to the beginning when I started using it at an early age, probably about 13, um, started drinking and taking pills and doing the self-cutting and stuff like that. Um, just really not liking myself very much. Um, so I turned to those things to kind of numb myself. Um, and that just progressed. You know, I, I dropped out of high school when I was 15 and moved out of my parents' house. You know, there's no way they were going to stop me. I was going to do whatever I wanted anyway. <laughs> So I just kind of left home and thought I could do it on my own and got into some really bad relationships in and out of relationships that were very toxic and abusive. And um, I was lucky to get out alive on a couple of them, you know, and you would think that that would be enough for me to be like, hey, let's kind of get it together here. But it wasn't, you know. Few stitches later, it wasn't enough for me, so I just kept going with it. Um, didn't really get into anything too, too heavy, but the drinking was definitely out of hand. It had taken over my life. Um, I was also still kind of am a workaholic, so I thought, okay, well, I'm working, so I, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. I'm still functioning. You know, I'm still paying my bills. Um so I, I want to say probably about 17, 18 is when it got really, really bad. Um, I got to a really bad relationship and put myself into a situation, you know, that I couldn't get out of. Um, I ended up getting raped and I, I let that define me for a very long time. Mm. It's like, you know what, this, the victim mode, you know, right. because I, I did, I allowed it to take me over. And that was another excuse for me to keep using. Mm -hmm. So I just, it got worse and worse and worse and, um, ended up 
leaving that person, getting into another bad relationship, you know, very toxic and drugs and um, ended up getting pregnant when I was 22 or so. Um, Knew that I could not take care of a baby, ended up getting an abortion, which was very regretful. You know, it's not something I'm proud of. And but it was the choice that I made because I chose alcohol and drugs over, you know, taking care of a baby. I was selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, It was hard, you know, it was hard dealing with all that. And this whole time, you know, it never occurred to me that, hey, maybe I should reach out and ask for help. Right. Never even crossed my mind. Never. Um, I was still doing the self-cutting and um, restrictive eating. I was starving myself, you know, just it it was I was not nice to myself at all. Mm -hmm. Not even a little bit. Well, I ended up uh, getting pregnant with my oldest son and I was like, nope, I am not having another abortion. I hated myself for that. I was like, I'm not doing that again. had my son when I was pregnant with my son. That was the longest that I had been sober in my, like since I was 13. Right. So the nine months I was sober. Mm-hmm. Um, soon as I had him started drinking again, started drinking again. And then he was four years old and I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to stop drinking because that's the problem is the drinking, right? It's nothing that's going on up here. It's all, yeah, it's, it's the poison. It has nothing to do with me, you know? (laughs) So I, I quit drinking for four years, you know, and I put the mask on that I was happy and everything was fine and look how good I'm doing. And see, I didn't need help from anybody. Mm. Well, inside I was dying, Mm -hmm. you know, it was eating me up inside. I was like, I knew something was wrong, but my pride got in the way of asking for help. You know, I was taught that you did it on your own. You don't ask for help. It's a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of strength. So I carried that with me. Um, I did the four, four years, white knuckled it the entire time. Couldn't do it anymore. Ended up relapsing, you know, and I I don't even want to say that it's a relapse because I wasn't technically fully clean because I was doing other addictive behaviors with food mm. and the work. And so really I wasn't clean. Right. That's if you know what I mean. Yes. So um, after that, I relapsed really hard. And then I met my now husband and I ended up getting pregnant with my second son. So I stopped for the nine months again, put the mask back on, like everything's fine and had, had my son and started drinking again. But now I was closet drinking. I was like, oh, it's wine. I didn't drink wine before. So it's okay because it's wine. Mm-hmm. Except I would lock myself in my bathroom for two hours and drink bottles and bottles of wine. Mm. Well, one night it got really out of hand and I was on an all night bender. My husband got up to take the kids to school and I couldn't take it anymore. I was, I was literally crumbling inside. Mm. I was still cutting myself. I'd been doing that my whole life. Um, finally I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Got my husband's gun loaded it. I'm like, this is it. 
like I'm done. I can't do this. I, I love my kids so much, but I, I can't do this anymore. Put the gun in my head. I was going to blow my brains out and, and I'm not religious person, but God was with me that day. And I put the gun down and just completely fell apart right there by myself on the floor. And I'm like, okay, I cannot do this alone. I need help. Right. So I took my phone and I Google searched uh, rehab centers near me. First one that came up, I called them. You know, they answered a couple times. I kept hanging up because my pride just kept getting in the way. You know, it's like, what are you doing? You know? And finally, I got a hold of them and I went in that day. They did an evaluation and I started my counseling, which I'd never been to counseling before. Started my counseling, my rehab, um, went to start going to therapy. Finally realized, hey, the poison is not the problem. You got some work to do up here in your brain. Your brain's messed up, you know? Yeah. So. I, I figured out I was self-medicating my entire life. Right. I, they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. Okay. I didn't know that I had that. This is how I've been my whole life. I thought this was normal. Right. So um, PTSD from all the abusive relationships, naturally. Um, a lot of self-hate, shame, guilt, you know, everything that goes along with addiction. Um, but finally, it was being brought out. and placed in front of me mm -hmm. like hey this this is what's going on this is why you've been doing this for so long right now it's time for you to get out of the victim mode and pull yourself together you have a huge recovery community that's here to help you my counselor has been with me he's still with me every step of the way i have a sponsor now and i can lean on her you know i have a huge, huge community. And so, you know, and it's been, it's been almost three years and I still struggle, you know, I still struggle with the restrictive eating and overeating and, but I know now I can recognize the signs mm, of good. my addictive behavior. Like, okay, here, up oh, here, I remember doing this in my addiction. Okay. What, what am I not doing in my routine? That's making me do this. Right. Oh, I missed an AA meeting. Or, oh, I didn't call my sponsor. You know, certain things, I know what works. And I know when I start trying to take things out and do it on my own again, that's when everything starts to come down again. Yeah. So that's wow. a short version of my story. <laughs> it's, a great, it's, it's great. I'm so happy that you did get sober. Um, you know, I think back to like a lot of our story is the same, just so you know, a lot of it is the same. Like I started drinking and drugging at a very young age, um, mm -hmm. abusive relationships, the abortion. I mean, just all the things it's like, wait, she's telling my story. Right. But that's the thing is wow. stories and there's so much alike. Right. And so I think back to the teenage years and, and I see if you relate to this too, because when I was the teenage years, when I started like not really loving myself and then I started wearing the mask of alcohol and drugs, um, I fit in then, right. I could, you could, I could always yeah. find that crowd that I fit into then, you know, it, it didn't matter who I was, which shouldn't be that way. Anyways, you should be able to fit in anywhere, but at that age, 
And so they accepted me. So it was always that acceptance, like, well, it's okay because I can drink and do whatever. And these, they accept me no matter what I'm doing, you know? And I feel like a lot of times in addiction, the mental health is, it gets um, looked over, I guess would be the thing to say. Right. And so when you were talking about the bipolar part of it, you know, that, that was normal for you. Like you said, like that, that's who you were. You didn't know any. I had no idea. No idea. So so when you're going through all that and that roller coaster ride of all oh, the ups and the downs, but the the diagnosis is that so many people, I'm I'm trying to see what I'm trying to say here. Like so many people in addiction don't find out that they have something else buried deep in there. Whether it's usually, I mean, there's some mental health going on always, but there's usually something that they're just completely trying to cover up, you know, for self-medicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, I mean, you were doing a lot now. I didn't, I never was, I never self-harmed with, with cutting, but that itself I've heard is a complete addiction too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It got to the point where I was actually, um, I would punch mirrors mm-hmm. and break the mirrors and take the glass and cut myself with them. And I would burn myself on my legs where nobody could see it. And, and it is, it's, it's a sensory of release. You know, it was a relief for me to be able to get that out because I didn't know how else to do it. Yeah. I was just like, I got to get this out of me. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I've heard. Like, it's like a release, like, Mm -hmm. hmm. and it's a, it's very dangerous because it, you know, you could accidentally go too deep one time and, and that would be it. You know, it's very dangerous. I have a niece that, um, she was, she was a cutter and one time she cut herself, excuse me, from like right here on her wrist, all the way, almost to her elbow. I forget how many (laughs) stitches we had to get in her arm. She recently just got a tattoo tattooed over it. Um, it was, um, but the same thing, you know, and I would be like, and when you don't, and that's why I, that's another reason why I like to to do this is because people don't know, they don't understand. Right. And, and I know that we can't explain like our addiction and, but we can kind of go into what made us feel that way. And mm-hmm. how it, you know, with my alcoholism, you know, it didn't really, my alcohol actually, when I finally was like considered a true alcoholic, I guess, was, was not until I was in my thirties and into my late thirties. Mm-hmm. Cause I just partied with everybody. It wasn't like, like you said, I was working, I took care of my son, yeah. you know, I did, I did the things that I had to do. I paid all my bills. I wasn't living on the street. Right. Like yeah. picture the that we have in society of the drunk, like on the corner with a bottle, right? Yeah. Brown bag. And that's not true. There's so many functioning alcoholics and addicts out there that people would be amazed at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to like wrap your head around the same thing though, because I believe that as addicts, we were the same way Then we're like, well, we're not that because we're functioning still. Right. Yeah. That's how we justified it. Like I'm not homeless, so I don't have a problem. Right. You know, I'm still smiling. See, look at me. I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Dying inside, but everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Right. Now I like Lucy. I really liked what you said about, um, well, first I want to ask you this before I go to this part, but relapsing. So when you relapsed, I I've been fortunate that I never did relapse. 
So, but I did watch my uncle who relapsed after being sober for like 15 years. And it was almost like the day he drank, it was right back to where he was. Is that how it was for you when you relapsed? Like you were like, it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, throughout the years I had played with sobriety, I guess, you know, I would be sober for two weeks or six months and then I would just, but the four years was the longest and yeah, it was like, I'd never quit. Mm. Like I never quit. And I just went in full force, like, and yeah. So, so when you went in full force, now, if I ever ask a question, you don't want to answer them. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. but when you went in full force with that. So when I think about, oh, I don't think about drinking, but I, in my head, I'm like, man, if I ever started again, the sobriety that I would throw away, but that, um, depression and everything would have to sink in. I feel like, like, yeah, yeah, like all over And so for the the time that I was sober for the four years, I was depressed. You know, nothing changed. The only thing that changed was I wasn't numbing myself. Yeah. So I was still dealing with the depression and the anxiety and the wanting to kill myself. And I was still cutting and I was still, you know, playing doctor with my food. Like, oh, well, you know, you're an awful person because you had an abortion. So you don't get to eat today. And I would punish myself. Yeah. for all these things, you know? So yeah, I was during that time when I relapsed, it was almost like a, a relief for me because I was like, finally, I can numb myself again. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. That, that makes complete sense because I always think to myself, man, if I ever started again, I mean, now I got 18 years under my belt. I can't even imagine starting with day That's one, amazing. Again, but I never go with being complacent. Trust me. But, but I think to myself, oh my God, I would feel like I just ruined my whole entire world again. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think about that a lot with the re the um, relapses. But one thing that you said that I love too, is when you talk about if you're, if you're having a day where you feel like you're kind of slipping into a depression or whatever you're doing, it's because you're not using the tools that you have. And yes. people, you know, I know people say, Oh, well, you're, you're so strong. And I'm like, man, I didn't get here overnight. Yeah. I have a lot of tools that I have to use on a daily basis, you know, and people I actually, I hate when people say that to me, actually, you know, people like, oh, you're so strong. And I'm like, no, I work my ass off. Right, right, right. I work my ass off. Yes. And it's daily, right? It's not like. Every single day. It's hard for me to get out of bed sometimes, you know, and I'm like, okay, so I need to pray. Why do I not want to get out of bed? I didn't pray this morning. Right. You know, I need to pray. And then I make myself get up and I'm like, okay, what am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. I have a roof over my head. You know, I have two amazing sons. I have two amazing bonus daughters. I have an amazing husband, you know, all the things. And so then I, it snaps me out of it, you know, which is great. Yeah. Because I, I um, talk to a lot of people too. And I say this about us, especially in recovery, we, so we get sober and people feel like everything, like you said, everything's great in our world. Then, you know, everything's happy, go lucky. Nothing bothers us anymore. We're going to be fine. That's not true. We don't walk out the door and there's this bubble that's around Tammy and Lucy that says nothing's going to harm Tammy or Lucy. There's going to be no, there's going to be no anything, right? That's bullshit. (laughs) Excuse me. And I laugh because that is what, you know, not everyone, but some people do believe that they're like, oh, look, she quit drinking yesterday. 
she's great. You know, yeah. like, wow, she must be doing me. No, that was yesterday. Like now I'm on today. We got to focus on today and the next day. And they're like, oh, you're two years. So oh, you're doing so great. That's so amazing. And I'm like, it is, but I'm working, I'm working. I'm, I'm going to my meetings, you know, I'm, I'm surrounding myself with all these positive people that are also in recovery. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, it's every single day, every single day you got to work it. Yep. Yep. And I love what you said. Cause I talk about this all the time. And anybody that follows me on any of my social media is waking up with gratitude. You know, I do the same. I wake up with my prayer. I thank God that I opened my eyes and then I'm grateful, man. I, the same thing. Like I'm just, and I tell people, even if you don't think you're grateful for anything, if you opened your eyes and you can see, I be grateful. You can breathe, yes. be grateful. You hear the birds chirping, be grateful. There are so many things that, that we take for granted in life that we should be grateful for. And like you said, I mean, even just having a roof over your head, you know, it's like, sometimes I'll be like, oh man, gas is so expensive. Are you kidding me? You're lucky you get to pump gas into your truck. Yeah. And so turning all of that around, but people, and people don't realize the power in that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power. It's all how you think. Yes. Yes. Yep. And when I get the stinking thinking, you know, I know I'm like, okay, what am I not doing? Right. So so does your husband and sons, do they notice that if you start getting, and your bonus daughter's stinking thinking, do they, do they call you out on it? Oh, Oh yeah. They call me out. They call me out. My, my friends at work call me out. And even my counselor, he's not my counselor anymore, but, um, we're still friends, you know, and he'll, he'll notice me being negative on social media and he'll text me and he's like, Hey, when's the last time you went to a meeting, you know, and he'll call me out. He's like, I know you're going to get pissed off at me, but I don't care. Right. You know? And in the beginning, it took him three months to pound into my head like routine, 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 you know, mm-hmm. as an addict, you had a routine. So why not have a routine when you're right. in recovery? So yeah. Yes. I like that part. And the thing is too, as I talk about this too, especially with addicts. So usually what I say when I'm trying to help somebody, if they reach out for help is never forget how sick you were the day you quit. Never forget. Yes. That is yep. to me, it's so important. I was just talking to a friend today and I said, um, my biggest thing when I was, cause at the end of my drinking, like I was so sick. I mean, it was yellow bile every day, all day. And I'd still drink just to get rid of the shakes and think that I wasn't going to puke anymore. Well, I just got sick about three weeks ago. And the night I got sick, I had a horrible headache and then um, I had chills and then I started vomiting and then it was vomiting to the point that it was yellow bile. And I was oh. like, Oh, it's like a flashback, right? Flashback. It's horrible. Like flashback. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can never be the sick again. So I think about that and I will never, ever, ever forget how sick I was and the reason why I quit. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. Somewhere with that. <laughs> Remembering how sick we are. And I don't know. I just lost my train of thought on that one. But <laughs> okay. Because that's and a it's big true. You know, um, I, I've separated myself from most of the people that, you know, kept me sick. Yeah. Um, occasionally I'll run into a person here or there and we were, my son and I were at a get together and there was a person there that was drunk mm-hmm. and 
it's a person that I used to hang out with and we obviously don't hang out anymore. And he was belligerent and we did our 15 minutes. You know, I, you got to kind of separate yourself, do the boundaries. Like, okay, good to see everyone. We have to go. We get in the car and my son, my son is, he'll be 13 next month. And he said to me, mom, I am so glad that you aren't like that anymore. And, and it was, it was a huge reminder. Like, wow. Yeah. I was like that. Wasn't I? And the person was pissing me off so bad. I'm like, you are so obnoxious thinking this in my head. Like you are so obnoxious, you know, like how selfish of you to show up like this in my head. Right. But he's right. I would do it too back then. I didn't even know how selfish I was being. Yeah. So we are. And it's, it's like that denial, right? Because it's the same thing. Like with, so my thing was with my, when I was drinking all the time, but I worked 70, 80 hours a week. So it was okay. Cause I was at work with my, and I was always like, and when I, even when I quit, then I would say, well, Chad didn't really know, you know, I had one son and I, I was like, he didn't really know because I was at work all the time. He was at his grandparents and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He called me out on that. It was probably just five or six years ago that he called me out on it. He's like, do you really believe that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, no. I saw you drunk all the time. And I'm like, oh, you know, because in my mind, I was like, I mean, there were so many things that even after stopping that I was, I wasn't like those other alcoholics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't lie and stuff. Yep. Anything. And then I thought you were stealing vodka mm-hmm. from your boss every day. But you're saying you're claiming that you didn't lie or steal or do yeah. like those yeah, other the good alcoholic. Yeah, like the good alcoholic. <laughs> I was a good alcoholic, right? The one that probably drank. I told my boss we laugh about it now. My old boss that fired me. I say to him, I'm like, I bet your mind inventory went up after you fired me, you know, because it was true. But but it was that that denial and facing the reality of things, right? And that's yeah. that's when I think life gets I was get gets hard. Because you really do have to take a look deep inside, you know, and and work on you, like you said. Yeah. And it's it's a work in progress every day. Like every day I'm working on myself. And 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 trauma, you know, if we can go back to maybe some of your the I don't want to bring up anything, but you know, live, going through domestic violence, whether you're a man or a woman, is yes. whether it's the physical or mental, honestly, for me. The physical part I got over. I really did. Mm-hmm. The mental part is what was hard because it I, does. It sticks with you forever. Yeah, because you're told you're worthless. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to love you. Yeah, look at that. You look like your freckles are uh, just all the things. Nobody, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I think about that, and it took me. I mean, I just now in the last probably two years really started building my self esteem up, where I can actually look and be like confident in who I am. Because you get broken and beaten down. So oh, absolutely. Hard. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. And then you go from yeah. one to the other, like, oh, <laughs> that one. And then, and when you said you were talking about, and there you go again, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that, because people are like, I can't believe that they stayed with them. There's so much more than just that. You know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of. Yeah. I, I still struggle with codependency, mm-hmm. you know? I have abandonment issues. So of course I'm going to cling to the first thing that shows me any kind of attention, you know, regardless if they're beating the hell out of me or not. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I was helping that person. I'm going to save that person from being this awful abuser. I'm going to change him, you know, (laughs) 
because I can change him, but I don't know how to change myself. Like, right. but you didn't need changing, right? Yeah, no, I was, I was fine. I was fine. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because people will ask me like, why did you stay with him so long? I was like, I was going to change him. That's why I was going to be the one to change him. And it's funny because my son has a half sister and half brother and their mom always looks at me and she's like, I can't even, she's like, you know, Tammy, she's like, I had him when I was 16 and 17 and I was a dumb teenager. You were 25 and 27 when you had your boys. She's like, I don't even know what I was like. I was going to change him. That's what I was going to do. And it's, it's, and I don't know if men feel that way too, because I, of course I don't know, but I've watched mm-hmm. men that have talked to me that have been in, you know, relationships like that too. And I don't know if they feel like they can change them too. I know women definitely feel like we could change the yeah. world. You know, yeah, it was definitely easier for me to focus my intention on fixing that person than focusing on myself, yes. you know. And so, I wanted to be the, the someone's savior, you know, yes. or yeah. constant people pleaser. That's one of my main character defects. I'm a people pleaser, mm-hmm. and I had to learn how to set up those boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, it's not okay for you to punch me in the face, you know, right. like, that's right. not okay, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not normal behavior, you know, so I'm very grateful that I made it out alive with those types of relationships. And I'm very grateful that my husband now is not abusive. Um, uh, I feel very lucky, you know, very lucky to have made it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So making it out of those is incredible. And we're glad that you did, too. And we're really glad that the day that you put the gun to your head that for whatever reason, it fell out of your hand. And um, you you knew that day that that it was time, you know, when I talk about that with people, because I've listened to an audible and it was a guy that lives in Ireland or somewhere. But this guy, like his story is every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, it's got to be his bottom. This has got to be his bottom. This has got to be his bottom. And every time it was like, there he went back out again and again and again and again. People are like, well, what's somebody's bottom? And I'm always like, everybody's bottom's different. You know, I fortunately, I mean, honestly, I didn't have any DUIs. My bottom Mm -hmm. was, I felt like I was going to die. And if I didn't quit within two weeks, it was it because my body was shutting down and everything was happening. And I'd watch my sister's bottom, 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 bottom. I'm like, you're, you keep hitting a bottom, but you don't stop, you know? And so I think it's important for people to know too, because they'll be like, well, they just got in an accident and this and that, why didn't they quit? And it's just, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, you would think the sit for for me. I was in a situation where m- my spouse stabbed me, and mm-hmm. I had to go get stitches. And you would think that that would be like, okay, we were both drunk, you know. Okay, this this is my bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Everybody's bottom is different, and it's when you're tired enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. When yep. you're tired enough, then you're then you're able to move forward with it. What did I, I posted something about that the other day. Every, your bottom will come when you are truly ready to change. Yes. Yeah. I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I, I'm just blessed that you got on here with me today. It just makes me happy. You look like you're a beautiful woman. Um, I love, I love your, you're like outspoken, like here I am. This is me. I love that. I, I love that about people when they're like that, you know, it's because that's who you are. You know, it's not, 
um, sugarcoating anything. Like now, what do you do for a living? If you don't mind me asking, uh, I'm a chef. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I was in those relationships, I was not allowed to cut my hair. I was not allowed to color my hair. So once I finally got out of all of that, I was like, you know what? I'm doing what I want to do. And I've always wanted a mohawk and I've always wanted to color it. So that's what I'm going to do. So that was, that was a huge um, confidence booster for me to actually be able to do what I wanted to, even with tattoos and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and I proudly walk around like this and I'm proud of it and people don't like it. It's okay. Everyone's different, you know, but my confidence is like up here compared to when I was in my active addiction. I wouldn't even consider being different. (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's huge because here's the thing that I feel. And, and I mean, I, 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 I say that I love all people, but I don't like all people, if that makes any sense. It does. Um, it does. But it's the same thing with me. So, I mean, my hair is, well, I let it go gray, which has been amazing for me. I like it. <laughs> I'm that person too. Like at work, I'm a pit boss in the, at the casino. I will just start dancing down the, the, the pit. <laughs> Right. And people are like, some people look at you like, she's so weird. I'm like, yeah, but my weird is fun. I'm, I'm yeah, it's okay. okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, and it's that, but years ago, I would have never done that. Right. The same Me either. Because I was told the same thing. You be quiet. You don't cut your hair. You, what do you mean you're going out of the house in that shirt? And it wasn't even, yep. just, it started at a very young age, even with my stepfather, like, just all the time and you get mentally mm-hmm. abused. And um, so to live out loud now is amazing. And I'm all about being happy, you know, yes. life. as long as you're not hurting anybody, be exactly. happy, you know, I live- say that all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because we, we get one, we get one right here. It is. It's not a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Here we are, you know? And so live happy. I just did, I just did a podcast about this the other day. You know, people are like, well, I'll be happy when I get to do this. I'll be happy when I get to do this. I'll be happy when I get to do this. And you're always chasing that happy and you're never happy because yeah. you're afraid to just be, just be, you know, and, and just live your life. And, if you and it's it, very freeing. Yeah. It's very freeing to be able to be yourself and, and comfortable in your own skin and not worry what is he thinking about me? What is she thinking about me? It's just, it's very liberating. I love it. (laughs) It's so, and, and I'm the first one on the dance floor. Like, I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I'm dancing. And I was just at the gym before this podcast. And it reminds me of a girl that I work out with. And she said, I bought these workout pants. They're too tight. I took the tags off them and I put them on and I realized they're too tight. Everybody's going to be looking at me. I said, no, they're not. No, they're not. (laughs) They're not. Just don't worry about it. Do your workout. You're going to be fine. And I watched her tell five people then. And I was like, if you wouldn't have told those five people, we didn't even that they were too tight. (laughs) It's that worry that people are so worried about what other people think of us. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying, well, I am saying as long as you're not hurting anybody, just go be you, you know, doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. And it's funny because Honestly, the more I am who I am, the more I smile, the more people I'm attracting that are like, oh, well, I can be like that a little bit too. Then I can show my yeah. weirdness or whatever you want, oddness yeah. or whatever you want. It does it. It helps people to know that they can be themselves, that it's all right. Yes, yes. And stop that fear of judgment, right? 
Yes, I'm, that's I'm, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. yeah. What are the Joneses going to think? My mom was that mm-hmm. like all my life growing up. Well, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? I, I'm at the point now. I don't really care as long that's as I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm good, you know. And it's my one friend. We exactly. did. I was doing something. I don't know, probably dance or something. He's like, "You sure are an odd one." And I said, "And you know what? That's why I'm your best friend because I'm an odd one." Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, so I just appreciate you getting on here. You're coming. Um, I know you guys got storms coming through there, so hopefully everything does. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. Be fine. It's not your first one, right? No, no. <laughs> have you always lived in Florida, Lucy? I have. Yeah, I, I was born in Nevada, but you know, my folks moved here when I was like two. So oh, okay. yeah, I've moved here and there, but I love Florida. Yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, what part of Florida are you in? Central Florida. Oh, okay. By the villages. I'm sure you've heard of the villages. No. No. Ocala area. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Well, is there any last things that you want to say to anybody on here? Just um, words of advice? (laughs) Yes. It's okay to ask for help. Yes. It's okay to be yourself. (laughs) And be kind to yourself. Oh, that's big. That is really big. I think I just posted that today, didn't I? Um, the best. Did self, you? Something about self care is the best way to get rid of self hate oh. or something like that. Self hate. Yep, yeah. you did post that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so true, you know. And and so I love your words. Like it's okay to ask for help. It really it is, is yeah. you know. And there's yeah. so you know. And nowadays, Lucy, I think about it. There's so much help out there, you know. Oh it's, man. It is even the, like, I've been telling people like the TikTok community of re- recovery is incredible. I mean, you it's not all people are great people, unfortunately, yeah. but, but it's, but it's really, it's huge out there. And there's some amazing people, you know, on, especially on TikTok. And I think TikTok is a lot of people to like be free, like, wow, mm-hmm. I can do this for this little 30 second video that I'm not even using my own voice. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I'm fairly new to TikTok. I want to say I've been on it for like maybe three or four months. Okay. And I had no idea. I got on there to uh, post something about my work, you know, and I saw all this recovery stuff. I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. We can like reach so many people that are hurting, you know, and that's now all my videos are about recovery. <laughs> yep, yep. And I see, and that, that's the thing, you know, and, and that's what I tell people. There's so much out in this world now. I mean, you, there is, I mean, honestly, to sit at home and say, well, I can't get help. Yeah. Well, you can just get on YouTube and get help, honestly, anymore, you know, and, and that yeah. helps out there. so I love that you said that. I love um, when we talked about boundaries, learning your boundaries, you know, and some people think that I heard a friend of mine, she kept going every time she would talk about going and getting her hair done. She would be like, but I know I'm being selfish. And I'm like, why are you being selfish? You know, but everything that surrounded her was if she focused on her at all, she was being selfish. I'm like, you're not though. You have to be, you have to love yourself and be good to yourself so you can love others and be good to them. You know, that's that whole saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. You really cannot pour from an empty cup. You know, absolutely. But, but learning the difference between boundaries and selfishness, you're, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about that. But learning your boundaries was something that's important in mental health, I think, is, you know, definitely mental health is huge. And I'm sure you know um, the suicide hotline yes. for mental health um, emergencies is 988. That's fairly yeah. new. That's about a month 
a month out. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's amazing, you know, because it's like a 911 for mental health and mm. we didn't have that, you know, and you're right. When someone says, well, nobody cares or, well, no, you can call 988. It's literally three numbers. Just call mm. and they'll, will talk to you, you know? So. Yes. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for getting on here with me today. I always thank love you for having stories, me. And I know that that someone's going to hear your story, Lucy. And I always say, even if I just reach one person, that's one yep. person's life that we change, you know, by hearing Absolutely. the story. And here you are. I, I don't know how old you are, if you don't mind saying. 38. 38. So I just 38. turned 38. Yep. So so like me, I got sober, like at 38, 39. So later in life, you know, so that's what I want people to know. You know, there's always hope out there. You know, it's not because you're, you're in your forties. You can't quit drinking and change your life. You can change your life at any instant that you decide that you're ready to change your life. When you are super duper sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm -hmm. every day, you don't have to live that life. And we did say, doesn't mean you're going to wake up tomorrow sober and everything's going to be hunky dory because now you got to deal with life, right? You got to deal with yeah. and your feelings and your emotions. Yes. They're really there. Honestly, you're not, you know, you've asked them for so long and then all of a sudden, but what I do say, and I, I'm sure that you agree with me with this is once you start sobriety and once you start using those tools, it does yeah. get easier. I'm not saying that it's easy peasy, but it gets easier because you have the tools like Lucy had said, right? Instead of just being like, I go, I get sober for a week and then something happens in life. And then you're like, I'm going to go drink again because that just happened. Well, for me, I'm a big person on this. Well, that was just an excuse. Now you have done nothing to try to change. I, I use this as an example and I don't use it as an example for poor me at all. But 2020 was a shit show for everyone on the planet earth, everybody. Um, and, and on Valentine's day of 2020, my best friend who had been clean for five and a half years took a Percocet and it was fentanyl and we lost him at 34 years old. Um, April that year, April 3rd, my good friend in Arizona, her ex-husband to be shot and killed her 14 times. She had four little kids or four kids, two adults, two younger kids. And then my mom passed away in August, 2020. Um. So the thing that I'm saying here is that I didn't have to drug or use because of it. I didn't have to go pick up a bottle because of it. Because why? Because I have the tools that I use on a daily basis to get me through those struggles, you know? And so I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of people that, um, I mean, I know that you said you relapsed, but you didn't have the tools when you relapsed, right? No. And that's, no. I didn't even realize that it was like it was. I thought it was a drinking problem, not a thinking problem. Uh, right, right. And so there's, but there's so many people out there that, that know that it's a thinking problem and they use that excuse. And I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Like, you nope, it doesn't work like that. You know, you, once you're sober, I feel like once you're sober for, this is just me three months and you go back out there and you grab something, you've made a choice again, you know? So yeah. So think about that and just know that you can get, you can live a good life. And that's the other thing that I like to tell people, like I, we can, you're, you're happy. You smile. It's life is better, so much better. Right. And I just want to share in the very beginning of my recovery, I was so frustrated. I'm like, I have been sober for two months. Why am I not happy? You know, why is this not working for me? And my counselor was like, he looked at me and he said, Lucy, how long have you been using? And I said, I don't know, like 20 years. He's like, 
and you expect it all to go away in one month. And I'm like, holy shit, you're right. You know, like yes. <laughs> he said, it takes time. It takes time. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be hard. It takes time, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. It takes time, but it's worth it. And it's mm-hmm. so worth it. And you get to meet amazing people like you. Absolutely. That's so great. So, all right. Well, let everybody, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope everybody has an amazing day. And remember, if you are at home and you're that person that's struggling and feel like you're alone in your struggles, you're not alone in your struggles. Unfortunately, like I said, so many people go through struggles, but fortunately they've gotten to a strength. So know that you can get up and you can make your day better. You know, reach out to somebody that you know that's that's going through whatever struggle you're going through. Maybe they went through it before. They may be not the same exact struggle, but they can relate. And I'm guaranteed someone's willing to help you get through your struggles. And that that hotline, that 988 hotline, you know, out there for suicide prevention, you know, that's that's really important too. So you're not alone in this world. I promise you, you're not alone. So, well, Lucy, you have a fabulous day and we will talk. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me here. Thank you.